Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. At the time we're recording this, Brawl was just released on Magic Arena, and this weekend is Magic Weekend Brawl. So this episode is all about Brawl. We're going to be talking about what we've seen in the Arena metagame, what decks seem strong in the format, some tips for Commander players who are interested in exploring Brawl. But before we get started, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, I want to start off with a question from one of our patrons. James asks, I am in the process of teaching my son Commander, and he wants to build his own deck on a budget. Isn't it cheaper for him to start there rather than buying cards currently in Standard? That's a great question, and I actually think it's a misconception that Commander is cheaper than Brawl. Yeah, a thousand percent agree. With the exception of some Mythics, cards in Standard are generally cheaper than Commander staples, and you also don't necessarily have to lose a bunch of money during rotation. I've been building some Brawl decks recently, and I found that a lot of the most important cards in my decks are ones that I was already picking up for Commander. So like when every set comes out, I typically buy a few copies of all the cards that I think will be generally useful in Commander. And if you want to do this yourself, the set reviews we put out are pretty good buying guides. But when I started building Brawl decks, I found that I already had copies of like Kenrith's Transformation, Beast Whisperer, Guardian Project. And also it's kind of goes the same for mana bases. Like if you're investing in Shocklands for your, your standard mana base, those are also going to translate pretty well to Commander and they also probably won't lose that much value upon rotation. So there's a lot of ways you can avoid the shock of rotation and the lost value there. How else can can people keep prices low when they're trying to invest in Brawl? When I first made Brawl decks when they announced the format, I made like a Sahili Planeswalker deck. And the singleton nature of the deck was crazy good for... Keeping prices low. Exactly. Like the, I think that whole deck, which was like pretty powerful, it had like Torrential Gear Hulk in it, which was like a chaser at the time. That was most of the deck's cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was this one card, which like you can take or leave, but just if you wanted to build like a standard deck with, let's say, like at the time Torrential Gear Hulk, or like let's say now with Oko, you want basically a playset, which is, I mean, at the time of recording, about fifty bucks each. So that's two hundred dollars for four cards in your 60 card deck for a standard deck but with brawl you get your one copy of oka it's one quarter of the cost of a lot of these standard staple lists that you're gonna have to do so if you think about it in that regard and you also think about how it's still a 60 card deck like if you can only have one of all of these expensive cards that means you're going to be forced to play with these like cheaper kind of more fun cards just by design Mm -hmm. so it's going to help you out a lot and also, like, because it's 60 card singleton, like that one Oko, you're not going to see him every game. So he mm-hmm. actually isn't as impactful as he would be in like a four of format. If you're thinking about how you can best use your limited funds, rather than paying 50 bucks for one Oko, like you could buy dozens of other cards that would have yeah. a, a much better impact on your deck. Yeah, you honestly do not need these like chase rares. Like, obviously, they'll be powerful if they come up, but you can do just fine with a bunch of like draft chaff, <laughs> which actually kind of I think comes to the next point, which is that commons are really relevant in Brawl, mm-hmm. like crazy relevant. I remember making my first list and going like, oh, I really want to play like Renegade map mm-hmm. and like Traveler's Amulet and like these really cheap cards that just smooth out how my deck plays, whether that's like... I've seen a lot of decks running like Guild Globe and yeah. Golden Egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just 
because these cheap commons like help you make your deck work. They don't necessarily take up a slot because it is a standard card pool. Like the power level is a lot lower. Mm-hmm. So when you play a golden egg, that's kind of just like one card you gets you closer to the cards you actually wanted to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't have to jam some like random three, four for four in there. Yeah. And, and honestly, like the cards that aren't chase rares in standard are just incredibly cheap. Like, oh, yeah. I think most of the rares in the, the list that I'm running right now are like a dollar or less. So it's really quite affordable, especially compared to Commander. Yeah, you might lose some value on rotation, but your card's going to be going from being worth a dollar to being worth 50 cents yeah, or something like that. As long as you avoid hyperinflated cards like the Chase Mythic right after release or something like oh, that, yeah. you're probably yeah. going to be fine. Also, like everything we've said so far applies to IRL Brawl, like in-person Brawl. Yeah. But... There are some additional ways to save money on the format if you're interested in playing on Arena. So Arena does have some limitations at the moment. Currently, it doesn't support multiplayer, and it doesn't support a friends list, although that is coming. Yeah, they said that's going to happen in November. So there's some downsides, but like I rarely play Arena. I've only really been playing it the past couple days because of this Brawl event that's going on right now. And I've also spent zero dollars on it to date, but I still have enough cards to assemble multiple playable Brawl decks that can compete with what I've been seeing in the meta. Oh, yeah. It's 100% possible to play Brawl for free without having to grind like crazy on Arena. Yeah, and I, I really do want to stress that, especially if you've been playing Arena even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you've just done a few drafts every now and then, because that's kind of where I've been at. Like, I don't have time to sit and play a ton of Arena, but, like, I have one of all the shocks, mm-hmm. and I have, like, some Planeswalkers and stuff. Like, if you play it all, you'll probably have enough of a collection to actually sit and jam some pretty good games. All right, now that we've gotten, like, financial aspects out of the way, let's talk a bit about Brawl gameplay. Yeah. As a commander player, there are a couple differences in gameplay that I've noticed when when playing Brawl. So like the most salient difference is the change in starting life total. You're dropping from 40 life to 25, and that means you've got way less time to dirtle around and your your life total just generally matters more. So like you can like set up your deck so that you can really consistently go like turn 2 golden egg, turn 3 risen reef, turn 4 guardian project and be like, "Ho ho, man, next turn I'm going to drop my Yarrick and then it's over. I'm just going to bury him in card advantage." But if your opponent goes like turn 2 2 drop, turn 3 Tajik, turn 4 Aurelia, if they have a removal spell for your Yarrick, you're just dead. Yeah. Like you can't just chase the value to the exclusion of everything else the way that you can in commander. Especially on Arena, which is, I think, how most people are going to end up playing a lot of Brawl. Normally, not only do you have 40 life, you kind of have like 120-ish life to kind of jam through. Mm -hmm. And that's being spread around and like different people play different things. So when you're on Arena and you're doing these 1v1 matches, like you'll be surprised at like if you're not actually actively affecting the board, just how far behind you can get. Yeah. (laughs) Like we're... Referring to Brawl as, like, Commander's little brother, because in a lot of ways it is, like, in regards to brewing and and cost, but, like, it is actually a lot closer to, like, a standard gameplay where you kind of do need to be making relevant plays more often and, like, thinking through things if you want to win. Another notable difference in Brawl is having Planeswalkers as Commanders. We've done a little bit of testing of that in Commander, but in Brawl it's actually very different because the power level of the card pool is lower and sometimes it can be harder to deal with planeswalkers yeah i think that most planeswalkers are fine but like 
R&D has made some whoopsies mm-hmm. in this department, and I think a few were printed without really giving consideration to their balance as a brawler. Who are you referring to, perhaps? So I've been seeing a lot of Oko decks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's really unfun to play against. <laughs> and yeah, I'm yeah, not true. being salty. I, like, I think my list is more resilient against Oko than than many yeah. brawlers, but it just it just sucks. Like Brawl is all about building around your favorite character, and if your favorite character is a creature, like Oko can just invalidate your entire deck. It really punishes you for doing the thing you're supposed to do, which is building around this card. And even if your commander isn't a creature, if you're even if you're running a planeswalker as a commander, it just sucks that you can't feel like you can cast good creatures because then Oko is just gonna turn him into an elk or steal them if they're good enough. Yeah. I think most decks aren't gonna have a good time going up against Oko. Yeah. The deck I'm running is a Yarrick deck. And most of my creatures are just like ETB floaters. Like they're just two ones and one ones and two threes that like get their value in the end of the battlefield. And then I don't care what happens to them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but most decks care about their creatures. Basically yeah. the whole meta has devolved to being around Oko. You have to plan about what is going to happen if Oko hits the field. No, absolutely. Like I've seen some people with tech against it and there are some good options. Like Portal of Sanctuary is really good for resetting your commander if it gets Oko'd. Mm-hmm. But even then, like Oko is ticking up. So if you're just like spending your turns bouncing and replaying your commander, like Oko is still increasing in value and you're just eating up a bunch of tempo. Like yeah. there's there's not great answers to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very silly. Another planeswalker that I think is like Probably not quite balanced for this format. Mm-hmm. A big oopsie, maybe? I've also been seeing a lot of Nissa who shakes the world. If you're not familiar with her, three green green. Uh, she has a static ability that whenever you tap a forest for mana, it adds an additional green. She has a plus one. Untap target land you control, it becomes a zero zero. Put three plus plus one counters on it and it gains vigilance and haste. And then she has an ultimate where it's like minus eight search your library for any number of land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, you get an emblem with lands you control are indestructible. Yeah. So she doubles your mana. She makes like sizable threats that are also good blockers. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can just go like turn five, Nissa, make a guy to help protect her, and then untap and you've got 12 mana. And you can do things like Venali of Devastation, X equals 10. All my guys are enormous. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's so fast, too, because you play her. Let's say you just play her on five. Like, mm-hmm. you just curve out and play her on five. The next turn, you have 12? Yeah. Like, that's insane. It's so fast. And, like, you can deal with that in the commander setting. I think that yeah. she'd be fine. But, like, with a standard card pool, it's not hard for a Nissa player to just like gunk up the board and then make it so that you can't profitably attack her and then like how are you going to deal with this I'm making huge threats I'm tapping out for enormous amounts of mana it's a lot it's a lot it's it's a lot to deal with yeah but on the whole most of the planeswalkers either like are not that great or they're fine and they're fun yeah and I actually I do want to bring up one thing before we move on do you think that the format would be better or worse if Sorcerer's Spyglass was not banned I think not. Like, Sorcerer's Spyglass is really not fun to go up against if you are running a Planeswalker as your commander. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of, like, unbanning this unfun card to handle these unfun Planeswalkers. They should just ban the The, unfun Planeswalkers. No, I I completely agree. I think that, like, if there was a release of the Sorcerer's Spyglass and all of a sudden there's a colorless card that you had to put in your deck to deal with these problematic Planeswalkers, like, that's not a good format. Yeah. 
I'm not in any way, shape, or form into unbanning Sorcerer Spyglass and Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move beyond the, yeah. the unfun brawlers. Heck yeah. Our patron Addison asks, who looks promising and or fun in Brawl right now? So there's some decks that seem pretty fun. One that seems pretty neat to me is Jace, Wielder of Mysteries, and Persistent Petitioners. So Jace, Wielder of Mysteries, for those who aren't familiar with him, is one blue, blue, blue for a Planeswalker Jace with four loyalty. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Plus one, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard, draw a card, and minus eight, draw seven cards. Then if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. With Persistent Petitioners, a deck can have any number of them. Two cost, one three. It's an advisor, and it has tap four untapped advisors you control. Target player puts the top 12 cards of their library into the graveyard. This is a pretty neat kind of self-mill type deck. You can just go like turn two Petitioners, turn three Petitioners, turn four, two Petitioners, and then start milling yourself for 12. Like by that point in the game, you've already drawn about 12 cards between your opening seven and five draw steps. So you're going to have 48 cards, and then you only have to mill yourself a few more times after that, and then Jace can get the win from out of nowhere. Yeah, I actually really like that. I think you were saying you saw a lot of Gadwick. People are using Gadwick for this list. Yeah, I don't fully understand that. It does have a little bit of synergy in that like casting of petitioners can tap things down. We have a few other lists. I mean, the one I really like is just Mono Black Massacre Girl. Oh, yeah. So that one's pretty fun. Basically, you have a bunch of ETB floater guys. You have, like, Yarix, Fenlurker. Yeah, and, like, the rat. They're little, like, Death by a Thousand Cuts type cards. Mm-hmm. And then once the board gets too clogged or they play their big thing, you got all these floaters, you play Massacre Girl, the board is wiped, and you have a 4-4 Menace that you can just start beating in with. Mm-hmm. And then you're in black, so you have all the, like, Planeswalker control that they've been printing recently, all those kill spells and discard spells, so... Uh, another mono blacklist that seems pretty good is Liliana Dreadhorde General. That's another deck that like you can run sort of those value ETB floaters and then sack them to Liliana's ability. You don't care. Your opponents hopefully lost some real creatures and like you're drawing cards. You're making zombies. It seems pretty powerful. Got like board control, card draw, threat generation. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, everything you need in one package. I really like the mono red ones too. So there's Krenko 10 Street Kingpin. I don't know how many people played with him, but he gets insane really fast. Yeah. Like he makes a lot of tokens really fast and that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically your opponent has a one turn window, like deal with Krenko or it's just going to be bananas. It's going to be bad. Yeah. So if you just like attack with Krenko and then next turn drop a Torbran and they're so screwed, (laughs) it's so much damage so fast. Also, there just aren't a lot of great answers to going wide strategies. Yeah, that's true. In standard, there's really just a few board wipes, and a lot of them are multicolored. Mm-hmm. So going wide is a strong strategy, and there are a lot of commanders that go wide in, in Brawl right now between Sahili, Kaikar, Krenko, Alila. Krenko is uh, it's a strong strategy. Yeah. Another mono red one, Neheb Dread Horde Champion. He's just awesome. <laughs> The great thing about a commander like Neheb Dreadhorde Champion in a format that uses the standard card pool is that you have so many bad cards to throw away. <laughs> yeah, you feel so good. You're like, oh man, I really don't want any of these. Yeah. Goodbye. I guess I'm just going to get five mana and draw five cards. <laughs> yeah. It's very great. feels good. Another one that I'm really interested in, Kiora Behemoth Beckoner. So there's a surprising number of cards in the standard that tap for more than one mana. You can like put a Gift of Paradise or a New Horizons on your land. 
You can be running a Geyer engineer, incubation druid, lotus field, firemind vessel. There's just a bunch of ways to make it so that Kiora creates multiple mana. And so you can really accelerate like crazy, drop a ton of large creatures, draw yeah. a bunch of cards. It seems like a great deck if you want to have the most mana, the most cards, and the biggest creatures. Yeah, and and really I do want to like reiterate just like how quickly this can happen Mm -hmm. because you're probably running mana acceleration anyway like maybe you play a gilded goose on turn one you get your kiora turn two and then you're off it's really fast all you got to do is like play any accelerant after that and you're just dropping crazy things and that's turn three like imagine having like multiple five power guys on turn five six seven it's crazy you're still got a full hand of cards Mm -hmm. it's pretty fun so i highly recommend it another one that seems interesting is rien angel of rebirth there's a lot of powerful multicolor creatures in standard right now. You've got your Knight of Autumn, you've got your Tulsimir, Ravager Worm, Conclave Cavalier, Sunder Shaman, Living Twister. There's just a lot of strong options. This deck could be a lot of fun, could be good at gendering value. The one caveat I have about playing this is that you really need to invest in the mana base. Yeah. Because if you're running like the MMNN cost creatures, you just need to have perfect mana at all yeah. times yeah and that's that's the one drawback about brawl is that the mana is not is, great is difficult yeah. yeah there are plenty more good decks in this format we're not going to touch on all of them now i oh, think yeah. maybe in future episodes we'll we'll come back with some more deck lists we only have so much time today and i really want to jump into staples so as of throne of eldraine standard we've seen a few cards that i would strongly recommend running in decks of the appropriate colors If you have been playing a lot of Brawl lately, please let me know if there's other cards that have performed really well for you in the current Brawl environment. And there is a lot of overlap between like the cards that are good in Brawl and the cards that are good in Commander. I like Cavalier of Dawn if you're in a heavy white deck. It's a versatile answer. It's a big threat. Of course, like you're in white, you're likely to have a lot of enchantment-based removal. So I think that the Cavalier could get value in a lot of different ways in this format. I'd also suggest running realm cloaked giant if you're in white yeah no Uh, for sure yeah as we were mentioning earlier like there's a lot of go wide strategies in brawl at the moment aggressive strategies are stronger in brawl than they are in commander so you really need to have good answers to opponents who are are trying to pressure your life total and realm cloaked giant is just like the simplest board wipe that we have at the moment and the one that fits into the most decks we were talking about commons that you're going to want to play. And honestly, like Disdainful Stroke is in Brawl right now. Negate is here. These are commons that like oftentimes we'll play in regular commander. And they feel better here, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, yeah, when your opponent casts an Agent of Treachery and you just Disdainful Stroke it, you feel like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> you feel so good. In Brawl, like a lot of Brawlers are going to be CMC4 or greater, and a lot of the big boom booms and threats are going to be CMC4 and greater. So Disdainful Stroke, great. Mm-hmm. Negate gets rid of like half of the Brawlers in the format, in addition to a lot of powerful spells. Yeah, and I do want to say too, like this is specifically a metagame choice right here, but I'm going to throw Mystical Dispute in, because I feel like almost half of the decks that we played against are blue. So this is two and a blue instant. It costs two less to cast if it targets a blue spell, and then it's just mana leak. But if it counters a blue spell, it's a one mana mana leak. That's like really good on curve. One is a very reasonable thing to leave up to like, oh, okay, I'm expecting an Oko next turn. Oh, okay, I'm expecting draw spell next turn, something like that. This is something that I wouldn't necessarily play all the time. I'm specifically throwing out there because like, Blue-green's really good right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Bant. There's a lot of blue-green. Another blue card that has the potential to be a staple in Brawl. Flood of Tears. So this is four blue-blue for a sorcery. 
return all non-land permanents to their owner's hands. If four or more permanents you control were returned to your hand in this way, you can put a permanent from your hand onto the battlefield. This is a, a great way to reset the board, get rid of all those elk tokens. Also, it's not that hard to break symmetry. Like the boards do get kind of clogged in Brawl, so that like threshold of four or more permanents you control is not that hard to hit. I've been pretty consistently able to drop something off of this spell and like break the symmetry on it. Oh yeah. I talked about it a lot like when we reviewed the set and I still really love Flood of Tears. Like it looks pretty underwhelming. It looks like a lot of those like every two years they print one of these just bounce everything cards. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that it gets you ahead, like you get a free permanent, like it really can push you way over the top. We're going to briefly touch on Massacre Girl again. She's Mm -hmm. been just surprisingly effective as a board wipe. And given how important they are in this format, I I would really recommend running her if you're in black. Oh, yeah. There's just so much good recursion, too, in black right now. Mm -hmm. There's so many cards that get your creatures back. The fact that she is a creature is a huge benefit. So good. There's been a lot of games where I was just like, hmm, I think Massacre Girl is the only card that can save me here. So I just dig, dig, dig like crazy trying to find her. Yep. Glinthorn Buccaneer has impressed me a lot in Commander, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I expect that it'll be good here as well because like the damage scales better to the twenty-five life format, and just that repeatable loot really able to to get away the bad cards and and dig into your good stuff seems yeah. strong. And there's so many cards in Standard right now that like work well with him. You have the Neheb Torbran. You got just so many guys that mm-hmm. really really appreciate that effect. So I think you'll see him if you see these red decks around. Moving on to green, Kenrith's Transformation. So three threes are definitely stronger in Brawl than they are in Commander because of the lowered life total. But this card is still great at shutting down legendary creatures and other powerful threats and replacing itself with a card. Like, I'm never really unhappy to see this. Yeah, I've never played a game where I didn't get full value off of a Kenrith's Transformation Mm -hmm. so far. It's just like, God, this awesome <laughs> oh yeah and i've been playing it in yarrick and it, when you have like yarrick out and it's like i'm gonna invalidate your commander and draw two cards for two <laughs> mana oh. oh yeah that's good stuff another green card return of the wild speaker so we really like this card in general in commander and it's just as good in brawl mm-hmm. the first mode like in response to removal because it's an instant that's pretty nuts and then if you have a board presence, you can attack in with all your guys. And I don't know if you know this, but like Overrun that they weren't expecting really throws off combat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty badly when they go, okay, these are my blocks. And you go, okay, Overrun, you can win a lot of games that yeah. way. It's pretty cool. I'm super into that. I've been seeing like a lot more blocking and combat happen in Brawl than typically happens in Commander. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This instant speed, enormous trick is is really powerful. And of course, drawing a billion cards is, is great too. Yeah, it's wonderful. Moving on to like multicolor staples. Oko, unfortunately, like <laughs> he's so good. I don't see a reason not to run him yeah. in blue-green decks. Like if you're in arena, it's one wild card. Like, okay, yeah, sorry guys. Like if you want to be in those colors, it's probably good. But in real life, like kind of like we were saying, like don't feel bad if you don't have the 50 bucks to drop on and Oko. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are recommending playing Oko because he's really good, but we're going over staples, and unfortunately, Oko is... One is, of them, yeah. yeah. Assassin's Trophy and Bedevil are both efficient and versatile removal spells. They hit all the commanders in the format and some additional things on top of that, so oh, yeah. they're both great. Time wipe, asymmetrical board wipes are just as good in Brawl as they are in Commander. On a similar note, Kaya's Wrath, the mana cost is 
kind of painful. Yeah, it's pretty rough. But the life matters a lot more than it does in Commander. Like, random life gain is is actually a relevant bonus in Brawl. And then the last one, the card that everyone loves to hate, Arcane Signet. Standard doesn't really get two mana rocks anymore. This is just a crazy good card for any non-green deck, basically. Mm-hmm. As much as it might suck to hear, this card is going to be a staple. If they keep doing these Brawl decks over the years like it's gonna go down in price right now it hurts a little bit more than it should we've got another question from one of our patrons gustav asks generally speaking how should commander players approach deck building for arena brawl given that it's 1v1 instead of multiplayer there's definitely a couple changes between 1v1 and multiplayer brawl aggressive strategies are stronger because there's fewer opponents to have to fight through also you can't rely on other people's removal to handle the aggressive threats on the board and also like alpha strikes feel a lot safer when there's only one opponent who can crack back so all those things make it so that like aggro is a bit stronger and you may want to put more credence into like running aggressive threats or building your deck in an aggressive way the gameplay is also more predictable in 1v1 Mm -hmm. this point i want you to keep elaborating on but i think this is the thing that like a lot of people will need to transition into Mm -hmm. they're like pretty used to like looking at the board and making their decision at the moment this is i think one of the biggest changes with 1v1 brawl definitely you can plan a lot further ahead because there's just no politics less disruption and so you can really think multiple turns ahead whereas like in commander things can be so chaotic like at times, like you feel like you don't have any advantage trying to plan things out. I think most commander players have had that turn where it gets back to your turn and you're like, wait, that was that was last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that that's not going to happen in 1v1 Brawl. You're very well going to be able to like plan and execute a plan. So a general deck building lesson that I think to take away is that longevity is less important than it is in multiplayer because you're not trying to like out card advantage three different players. You're not trying yeah. to outlast everyone it's okay to build your deck to sacrifice value for pressure. And like threats that can snowball, things like Krenko, Legion War Boss, or like Planeswalkers that make creatures are all way more valuable in a 1v1 format because you can't like gang up against the biggest threat to like pool your removal or like pool your attacks to take out one arch enemy. Like some specific cards that I think gain a bit more value in 1v1 targeted discard like duress i've been liking in 1v1 i would never ever run a duress in commander screwing one card from one person's hand maybe in a four-player game is so much worse than Mm -hmm. like looking at your one opponent's hand and going like oh i'm gonna take that planeswalker or whatever it is one for one trades there's no downside to doing them in 1v1 whereas in multiplayer of course like if there's four players and player A trades a Doomblade for player B's creature, they're both down a card, but players C and D are up a card relative to them. You can definitely focus more on like spot removal, simple yeah. trades like that, and you don't have to try to get like massive value off of your cards or build engines that generate infinite cards over time. Most of the games I've played in my life over like my years, even before I played Commander, were multiplayer. So getting into 1v1 kind of later in college and stuff like that, it was like a transition and Brawl really scratches that kind of itch that I developed getting more into standard and modern and other 1v1 formats. 
And one of the reasons that I've really been enjoying Brawl has been because, like, it has a lot of the same commander gameplay. I can build around this creature. I can play these cards that I really like. Like, nothing's really off the table in regards to, like... Playability. Playability. Yeah, if I really like Feasting Troll King, I can play Feasting Troll King, where, like, it's not necessarily the best card in Commander, you know what I mean? Like, you can still focus on a lot of the things that make, like, Commander gameplay fun, but in a way where... You're executing on a plan that you don't normally kind of get to do all the time in Commander. Kind of Commander is kind of like trying to ride the wave, like ride the chaos, make the best decisions you can, and see where it goes. No, absolutely. Like, that's one thing I've really been enjoying about the 1v1 games on Arena is just the feeling of like boxing your opponents in is so hard to achieve in Commander because there's so many other players and so many variables that are difficult to track, but just like when you get an opponent to the point in 1v1 it's like i know what you could possibly draw and none of it matters like, yeah <laughs> oh just like slowly thrusting your thumbs into their eyes like we're definitely going to have more brawl content especially if they start supporting it this is not going to become brawl theory yeah <laughs> not to make anyone scared but we definitely wanted to talk about it today just because it's a new thing People don't really know how to approach it, and we figured this would be a really good way to kind of introduce some easy footholds into how to think about the format, cards maybe to look at initially, and we're going to do this every now and then just because, like, it's a rotating format. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We've been talking for a while about how we think that the introduction of Brawl is a good thing for Commander, and we want to do our part and, like, support Brawl by creating content for it to supplement our Commander content in the same way that, like... Nobody's going to completely give up Commander for Brawl, but like, oh, yeah. you know, if it's 10 p.m. and you can't get your friends together, but you really want to scratch that itch, like Brawl on Arena, it seems good for them. Yeah. If you haven't tried it yet, you'll be surprised at how much fun you do end up having. If you like this, let us know. This is an interesting exercise, I think, for us too, to kind of like take a lot of the Commander Theory ideas and kind of stretch them into to a like, new format. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's good for us and hopefully helpful to all of you. But let us know. Like, if you think we forgot a card that you're like, this makes me feel great when I play it. Let us know if there's a deck that you think is like the metagame scalpel. We do have a fair bit of experience with Commander, but like everyone else, we're learning Brawl and anything you can do to help improve our understanding of the format, we'd appreciate. All right. I think that's all we have time for today. I want to briefly thank our Patreon patrons, especially the ones who generated some of the questions that we built this episode around oh, today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you to Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Cooper, Dylan, James, and Justin. It's because of your support that we're able to keep the lights on here in the studio and produce new content like this. If you are not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board. 